This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello, welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Terrence Sokol, and joined by my co-host and fellow filmmaker, Chris Dewar. Today's episode, we're reviewing the American coming-of-age drama film, The Fablemans. It's directed by Steven Spielberg, who co-wrote and produced it, Tony Kushner. Uh, this film is actually a semi-autobiographical story based loosely on Spielberg's adolescence and his first years as a filmmaker. Now, this is an interesting story this has been something that Spielberg has been wanting to talk about and of all the films that he's done although there's a lot of personal touches of his life this is probably the most personal story uh, that he's put on film so both Chris and I huge Spielberg fans we were very excited to check this out I got to check it right out in theaters and Chris got to see a little bit differently but we were both uh, amped and we wanted to get this review out uh, for it Uh, no spoilers today but uh, Chris and actually not really many spoilers you can go back and Look at his biography. <laughs> yeah. But Chris, give us a brief synopsis of the Fablemans. So yeah, as as they had to kind of change the names and stuff, we uh, are following young Sammy Fableman, who is a young aspiring filmmaker, and we see really the aspects of his life from from his first time going to, to a movie theater to watching a movie to starting to learn the aspects of film and wanting to become a filmmaker while dealing with his family. Uh and notoriously, his parents, who were going through hurdles between moving around, jobs, relationships, cheating, and other things. And, you know, you could tell from the trailers that it was going to be that kind of aspect of this is how did Spielberg kind of like realize that this is what he was going to be destined to do? And did a lot of stuff get inspired by his parents, who clearly from the, even the trailers, that you could tell that the mom was more art based and more kind of free thinking. Whereas the dad is very critical and very, you know, he thinks much more scientifically 
Uh, was this something that he could actually see be a, a career choice for his son? Although throughout the film, one thing that was interesting, because I think the trailer kind of showed it in one way, Paul Dano's character, he's actually very, like, involved with his son's filmmaking. Yeah, like, very he's supportive. He's on very, the sets, yeah. uh, you know, making stuff and, and doing stuff backstage. So it never got to the point where I thought he was, like, anti this could be a career but he definitely sees it more as like a hobby um you know he never thinks of it as like a real thing although that kind of pays off obviously but you know when you have someone who is a master spielberg getting to kind of work on his his own life um through this film a lot of people said and he said in interviews too like the moment he saw michelle williams and paul dano in costume he just started weeping you know a lot of the filming days just days where he would break down and, and be crying, even though he's doing his job because he's reliving his parents' life. Um, Leia Adler and Arnold Spielberg passed away in 2017 and 2020, respectively. So he's it's only been a few years since he's lost both his parents. And you could tell that a lot of this is a, a homage and honor of them. And the thing is, I think some of it worked and some of it didn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree. I think the hard thing is, it's hard to tell with some of these characters if it was meant to be like a really thorough, true performance or a caricature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for examples, I think Paul Dano does wonderful in this movie. As the dad, he is a guy who's a he's like a technician and he's very scientifically based and he's you know the 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 breadwinner for you know lack of terms and. Uh, He's trying to think of like, what's the thing that I can do that's going to put my mark, you know, what's going to be, and he's what's so his mark in history or his life. And he, and he's working through different tech companies that you can recognize. And he eventually lands a job at IBM and he's making really good money. I mean, they get to move in some really nice big houses for, uh, for the time. Michelle Williams playing the mom. She is someone that's a piano player and she's much more art based. And from the moment she came on screen, and started talking, I was honestly like, is this really what the character is mm-hmm. for me personally? And it was just goofball. And in, I was like, if it was explained that she was on drugs or a bit of an alcoholic or something, it would have made sense to me. And there's really no like payoff with that. And maybe though, because it is like Spielberg looking at his life back from when he was a kid and maybe the point was it's his perspective as a kid with his parents yeah. you know, come off, but I could see, I could see that. So, you know, who knows, but if you're taking it face value, there is a little bit like it, it's not really explained because there is, she is dealing with, I think with depression and whatnot in the film, but it's not overly yeah. explained. And I wish it was because there is this bit of adultery stuff that's happening, but that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty apparent, but yeah, I would like to know her psychosis and kind of what was her, you know, she was going through. And my fiance, who's a therapist, I think she at one point was like, she's bipolar or something like she, she could just kind of read the signs, but it was just like wackadoo at times. And, you know, again, a lot of this film is set like in the fifties era. And so it was like, okay, maybe it's just kind of how she's that housewife that's stuck at home and maybe isn't that happy. And that's why she's got a other relationship going on. But I just cannot vibe with Michelle Williams' character. And then another one that I was excited to see him in this film because I think it's fun to see him branch out from his usual is Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen plays a character that is like a best friend 
to Paul Dano, and he's kind of like an uncle figure for the family. Yeah. And he had, you know, a couple of goofball moments, of course, when you hear Seth Rogen do his laugh. It's just fun. <laughs> takes but me out of the moment a little bit because I'm like, oh, there's Rogan. He gets to do a little more serious acting at one point, and it's it's not at all that it was bad. It just it didn't really feel like it had the payoff as much as I wanted it to. Um, and I think that's where it was like, for what is the most dramatic, if you want to say that, dramatic kind of sequence in this film, it just it's needed more or like more payoff or something. The best parts of this film is definitely everything with Sammy. Sammy, so we have, um, as a kid, he's, he doesn't do much as a kid, but we have Mateo, Zoiron, Francis, DeFord. Good Lord, how many names do you have? Um, he's young Sammy. And then Gabriel LaBelle. This kid is awesome. Uh, playing Sammy, whose majority of the movie is when he's 16. Uh, those were all the scenes that I was really loving, is his process of filming things, learning about the camera, getting used to a camera, and coming up with these like genius ideas of making little short films with his friends. I could have done a lot more with just that, yeah. and then leading into him becoming an early day director. That was like, the, like at one point they moved to California because they're Jewish. They're kind of like the outsiders of this really white town that doesn't really have like a lot of Jews in it. Mm -hmm. That was like the best sequence was him at high school dealing with bullies, dealing with, you know, first girlfriend and making the short film for the high school. I thought that was like the best sequence of the film in terms of the storytelling. Yeah, I agree. And I have to say, this is, you and I have talked about this. This is this example where, because it's a long movie and it does drag at times, would this have been better in a limited series where they could have done more? And this is, and I know that Spielberg has been very adamant. He's been one of these old school directors, been very adamant about what he thinks of streaming and, you know, and like we mm -hmm. need to have theater productions. But I just think with his like work, like he said, Band of Brothers. I think this would have been more impactful if they did like a eight episode series and they could have taken time and you could have really understood the parents, you know, we could have, you know, Jed Hirsch has just a small little bit. I, I will have more of the uncle. Um, yeah, I would have he... liked it interspersed, like you said, with the filming, because I think you and I, people are going to see this. We want to see Spielberg, how he became Spielberg and more the filming aspect, because that scene where he has a scene where he does this war film and it is just so cool to show the process, oh, how yeah. he does it. And then you see it and like, that is that is too cool. Yeah, Judd Hirsch is in this film for one scene um, as like a granduncle to Sammy. And he has this ridiculous accent. And he uh, basically is like the, you know, kind of reminding him like, it's not just that you do art, you are art. You know, art is your life. You know, it's like you, you're, you know, you love your family, but you you this thing about movie making that is you and it's gonna break you it's gonna it's gonna hurt you but it's what you're gonna be doing and kind of like pushing into him that like you're gonna be doing this and it's gonna be great but it's gonna be hard and one scene that really worked for me that kind of pushed that moment that i wanted more of in this film is even when this family's going through a crisis there was this great sequence where the mom and dad are like fighting and his sisters are all crying and sammy's up on the staircase just watching he's kind of crying and then in his head he sees this moment of himself filming his family as if he needs to be documenting this as a filmmaker he steps out of himself and that's what i wanted more of i wanted more of like is there this like emotional 
side of him that has to just like put things aside and be like, I know I need to film things. And that was kind of a, you know, kind of getting back to Judd Hirsch's character. But the movie, like, it is long. And the movie ends with him. He's kind of struggling with school. And he gets this opportunity to go talk to CBS. And uh, we have a little cameo with Greg Grunberg as Bernie Fain, who it was just funny to see Hogan's Heroes after watching The Offer mm-hmm. and knowing about them. Yeah. Um, but he gets this meeting with... uh. What's his name? Uh, John, John Ford, Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's played by David Lynch. Who I didn't even know it was David Lynch till after the movie. It was a great little cameo bit. And it's this great little like three minute scene where he gets to have this little one, you know, five minute meeting with this famous director of the time. And he, he gets taught a very important lesson. And then the movie kind of in an almost Looney Tune way has him walking down between all these studios and the movie ends. Yeah. And it's like right as he's like, now he's going to start. And I was like, this is what I want to see. <laughs> yes, I know. I was like, that's it? That's the ending? <laughs> and in a way, it's like, but you, you remember that the name of the movie is The Fablemans, and this is all about his family. So, yeah, I wonder if in a series or something, you know, it's like, I get, you know, a lot about your life influences who you become, obviously family, income, where you live. Uh, you know, there's certain things where there's even a point in the movie where he kind of stops wanting to make film because of certain things. And then he gets kind of influenced to do it again. I just would have loved, yeah, these moments of like, how did he get his first film made, which is pre Jaws, um, you know, working on a couple of TV specials and then doing this first film and then maybe even ending with like a script for Jaws or some little like Easter egg towards what would be his first real big film. But the movie just ends and it was like, it was so jarring to me. I was like, wait, that's it? After yeah. all this time? So I agree. to me, this is not one of Spielberg's best, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's a, it's flawed in many ways for me for length and certain storytelling and certain characters. But there is a lot of charm in it that I think, uh, you know, and again, something that he does very well is showing the time era. And John Williams did a great score for this. And uh, at least I got to see it in somewhat of a theater notion we got to rent this big inflatable screen and we did like a projection outside so it wasn't in a movie theater but fablemans it's gonna sit for me like even with i enjoying some of it not enjoying some of it the storytelling the pacing i think it's gonna sit like a seven out of ten i'm gonna this is breaks my heart but i'm gonna give it a 6.5 out of 10 um mm. probably one of the lowest scores i'm gonna give for spill reduction i've been a fan from the beginning and I agree. I just, I wanted more from that. I wanted more of, I think I would have rated this higher if we had more time to spend with this family. If it was like a limited series, that's what I wanted. This is one of those times where a movie, you can't do it justice in a film for, for me. It wasn't executed well, but that's just me. That's us. But uh, you can uh, check out Fablemans. I know in select theaters and I know it'll be on demand soon, uh, but that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know know your your potential. potential.